0: So I want to know, uh, obviously, we're hot off of the uh, Oilers-Leafs uh, January 5th, um, 2022. So second game of the year, I guess, for the Leafs of the calendar year. Uh, 4-2 win over the Edmonton Oilers. What's your hot take? What's there what one takeaway from that game that kind of stands out to you?
1: You know what? Like, it wasn't the best game the Leafs have ever played but I think they're in such a good place now. They're full of confidence. There's nobody dragging their heels. I have so much confidence in that team with like Jack Campbell. Like, he must think he's going to win every game going in. Um, I, I, I think it for the first time, probably in my life. Like I, I don't know if they could ever lose a game. I have so much confidence gets every team that they play. They can roll four lines. Very, very good and get contributions up and down the lineup and, You get the KF coming back. Um, boy, like that's like a free agent signing or a trade deadline acquisition. Mm. If you get any type of input from him or
0: output, I should say, or whatever, um, it's it's all good. Like, I folks, Patty's riding high. I'm going to disagree with a lot of what I got to say. So, this is going to be an interesting one because (laughs) I'm I think I'm viewing this game, you know, similar but from a different viewpoint. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna politely disagree for now and let's get the credits rolling and a big shout out to phg sports Uh, they're our sponsor Um, again check out their merchandise on www.phgsports.com and the new thing in podcasting uh, is uh, hit that like and subscribe button now guys before you don't wait till they get to the end you can do it now like and subscribe dsc podcast coming at you titter tatter let's get at her here we are guys back from the intro <laughs> so yep. patty patty gave his little take in the intro and while i uh i wholeheartedly agree with do we, do we, do we take on the McKayev thing love it um because i haven't been a mikhail fan i've been uh, i wish kylie was here tonight because me and her are kind of we're just, we, we we've, we've just been so badly waiting 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 for him to i mean like any least fan we've watched a guy and everyone just knows he's capable of so much more. Just, it, it's just like he was so badly snake bitten last year, and then the injury derailed him um, when he was having a good camp. You know, uh, he looked every bit as good as he does now in camp. And then suddenly, boom! It would a, a Cobra. But, uh, but yeah, so I agree with you on that. On that take, uh, do I think that was a good game? I thought it was absolutely putrid in the sense that they were. They were two lucky bounces away from losing to nothing on in the third period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, like, we always talk about, ah, uh, in those games when we lose, we'll say, ah, uh, you know, some days we'll get a bit of puck lock and we'll win that game. Or sometimes we just need to get a little bit of puck lock. In this game, we did. That's the only thing that separated us from a team, a one-trick pony that was missing their pony. Okay? So, the Edmonton Oilers are an old powerhouse in the NHL. Uh, they had a powerhouse top line. Uh, that were missing their top line center and the best player in the world. And the Leafs kind of rolled out what I thought to be, for two periods, incredibly lackluster. I uh, I was just watching it and I was kind of bored with their work ethic, with me. the exception yeah. of with the exception with the exception of the Tavares line, who I thought looked good pretty much all night. Um, they didn't generate a ton of what I would call great A's, um, which they generally do. They had a couple uh, where yeah they could have put it in the back of the net, but uh, but they were on the puck. I mean Alex, Alex Kerfoot. To me, is a different player than last year. He's one of my most improved. If I was to give it a most improved player award, it would go to Alex Kerfoot. But he's from the home. most
1: improved for me from the beginning of the season. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, I always ask the play the question. I asked one of the boys tonight, like this was more someone talking about Nick Ritchie. If you're not out scoring goals, you better be out there doing hitting and banging and doing all those things. And and Kerfoot was in that that tweener spot of mm-hmm. okay, he wasn't really producing. And he's not the guy that's going to go out and bang and crash, anyways. I know he has that speed element, uh, but now he's getting points and he's getting like he's playing a big part. Like that's what a nice line going into the playoffs: Tavares, Nylander, and and Kerfoot. Uh, the ability to play up and down the lineup. Like he's he's been the biggest surprise for
0: me. I I, I got to say. I w- I was ready to trade Kerfoot at the beginning of the season. I, yeah. I wouldn't let him go now for for anything. No, nope. like he—he's he, the player that you'd need. He's the player you'd be going looking for yeah, yeah. come playoff time. But someone who was not afraid to go to the greasy areas, gets in front of the net looking for the well. That whole line goes to the greasy areas. Anybody says yes, that William Nylander is a soft player, not even that. That, that narrative got to go away. That's like that's like yeah. saying Crosby's a sookie baby. Was, get over that that narrative. It's dead. It his first year, <laughs> right? So uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a dead issue. This, if anything, right now Nylander's looking like borderline elite. He's he's all over the puck. Constantly so generates. A gen- well, I mean, to me, that's what separates an elite player from your average Joe. Is that uh, an elite player can generate something out of nothing. And if there's w- and if there's one player on that team that I'd point to who can generate something out of n- absolutely nothing, is William Nylander. He'll take t- c- because of his puck control. Like Matthews and Mariner can generate things out of nothing sometimes, but it's, it's it's almost like with Nylander. when he's got the puck, when he's got possession, anything's possible. Like he just he can hold on to it way longer than any player should make something happen. He can make that elusive pass, you know? He, he's he's draw he's going to the net for goals. He's scoring goals off the shot. He, he's doing everything. And uh, and I, I just I'm so happy to see because it all goes back to his character. Cuz if, if if he never had the character and and the confidence he's got, he would have bailed on this team a long time ago. Cuz the yeah. media the media and the fans could have ruined that player. You know and here he is yeah. now as of tonight leading the team and scoring. Right. I mean, he's got a
1: lot of confidence and it's, it, you know what? It's not arrogance. Cause there's a fine line between both.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he's confident. He's, he just seems like a nice, a genuinely nice guy and he's yep. got genuine confidence. As someone said to me, uh, phrased it before to me. Um, like I there's a lot of things you like about that, that line. And even back to Kerfoot for a second, like I was willing to dump him for salary cap reasons. And mm-hmm. now he would fetch you a first round pick if not, and more. Like he he would be that valuable to so many teams. Mm. Um, it, there's not one player on the team right now that I'm a
0: that I can say I'm annoyed at. Still don't love
1: the Muzzin Hall Pierre. Um,
0: that, like, that that annoys me a lot less than Pierre Engvall. Pierre Engvall's patented move because i like where I where I hate on him so much. I got to I got to at least justify my hate. So his patented move in the last two games I've seen him do it now at least four to five times. Breaking in two on two, breaking in uh, three on two, and going into the corner and curling back. Yeah, curling back once he gets down past past the hashtag, uh, and then boom, per- turn the puck over and it's gone the other way. Like I, know. I, I I'm have ju- just seen absolutely nothing from the guy to justify a spot on the team. Like I I genuinely think there's guys with the Marlies who would do a more effective job in the bottom six than Pierre Engvall. That's Robertson and Hosang's spot. Like, we shouldn't kid ourselves. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Um, What's going on with Hosang? Like, what is the hold up here? Like, I mean, no idea. It's not because he hasn't shown it. Uh, I mean. But nobody are
1: asking the questions to media. It's never a topic. Oh, like, I, I, I would really hate at the end of the day, because he's only got an AHL contract. I would re- really hate it at the end of the day that they take him this far. And they would lose him in the offseason or something like that. Now, I, I like to think I, they I got can, a plan for him.
0: You you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but if you only sign an AHL deal, there's nothing stopping another organization from coming in and signing that's, you to an AHL contract.
1: Definitely not. Now, both parties have to sign, of course. So I think with Ho saying you've got to owe something back to the Leafs that you gave him, that they gave him a chance. So I think that's that's part of it. Uh, where a lot of other teams probably would not have, so I guess there's some there's some aspects of that that we don't know. Some history there that maybe he's knocked on the doors of teams that said, "No, we're not interested in you." So he's probably not going to go back with those, but maybe there's a gentleman's handshake there somewhere. Um, I, I'm 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 sure that there's there's there's
0: there, there is that aspect. There's that aspect, of course, when it comes to offer sheets. Where it's one of those things that you just don't do. Unless you're prepared for the retribution that might come from the team who's who's able to provide it, and everybody knows that that, that teams like Montreal, teams like Toronto, New York, they got the bucks to make life miserable if they choose to, yeah. right? Just like Carolina, who didn't have the bucks, but they they certainly made life miserable on the Habs, for, for oh, only definitely. for only for only for revenge purposes, you know, which and, was and awesome. which was awesome, and the team has suffered, I think, because of it. I really think yeah. they have. They, they're in a bad spot right now well clearly they're in a bad spot they're, they they're lost the their two centers. The so. um but yeah so i don't know like i said I,
1: I think there's something there like for the media in toronto not to be asking those questions when hosang is coming up now a part of that as well is that when you're in a like we've been winning since the beginning of november i don't know when that first big streak started but we've been solidly winning and playing really really well for for two months i know october was a little bit rough um, and I always heard, and I think Gilmore said this years ago, or at least I said it, Patty Phillips said it, that <laughs> <laughs> maybe it wasn't Dougie. Maybe I should copyright this, that, you know, what happens, like, oh you know, who are not bad when, when the Leafs are winning the media, the media are only bad and they're only an issue in Toronto when they're losing. Mm-hmm. Um, like when's the last time you saw Steve Simmons or, uh, I don't even know, Damian Cox is around. Or Myrtle or any of these guys have anything negative to say about the Leafs? It's been a lot. It's been a while. Probably the beginning of October.
0: Well, I mean, the, the last thing that the media hung on to was oh, our we're only getting depth scoring. Our top six is not right. performing, and then the top six start performing. They're like, oh, now we have no depth scoring, but yeah. we we're still winning games. It was like it was like the weakest, and everyone was calling on it like, oh, well, are you serious? Is yeah. is, this, is this the best you can do? But right? now they're
1: getting it now, and geez, look at Brody! Holy crap! three games in a row and you know what i'm so happy for that guy because he's he's the one guy on that team he gets zero accolades unless from the hardcore fans who knows that he's doing a big deal out there myself i think he should have been a candidate for team canada if they were going to the olympics he's that stay-at-home defenseman who's not going to make that mistake Mm -hmm. um he's not going to cost you anything now he's chipping in with offense like i i just think what a signing that was
0: last year is uh, that, exactly what we needed. That might have been one of the best signings in the call to and Kyle Dubas tenure. Oh no, free agent signing. I like, I mean, John Tavares clearly is the best one. Yeah, um, but, but that what, took on
1: some risk as well, like a big contract like Tavares' his age.
0: Yeah, Brody's contract offered zero risk. Yeah. No, I, I, like, the TJ Brody signing, man. I I, I go back to, like, and, and I'm a huge Kadri fan, okay? Like, I mean, I was always, I, if, yeah. if they signed him tomorrow, I wouldn't feel one bit bad about, you know what I mean? If they were able to prime it, but he's not moving anywhere, but unless it's a stick of dynamite. Um, but I keep thinking back to all the rumors were, of course, that that deal with TJ Brody was supposed to happen, and Kadri nixed it, right? He wouldn't go to, uh, he wouldn't go out west. Um, so... I always wonder, man, how different would that team have looked back when we were just a defenseman away and we had had the goaltending because Freddie was playing at at peak. We had goal scoring. You know, how... uh, Anyway, what what could have been is kind of irrelevant now tonight, but uh, I haven't gotten to, in talking about my dislike for that game, I haven't gotten to the key thing that stood out to me. The key thing that stood out to me was in... The last in recent games, recent being the only seen one game I guess prior to this one, but they scored goals good old-fashioned way, like Ray Ferraro says: if you want bread, you go to the store; if you want goals, you go to the net. And they were scoring those dirty playoff-style goals that just looked like they were meant to go in the net because they outworked the other team, right? Right. Night, there was none of that. None of those goals, the first two goals, like I said, they weren't, they weren't even, they weren't even, they were goals by definition. They crossed the goal line. But when, but when I'll di- disagree with you. you. You know what? There was pressure in front
1: of that net at that time. So, and the worst word in the English dictionary is luck. Cause I don't, I don't, I, I truly don't believe in it. I think there's a lot of hard work on both of those goals. Tavares was right there in the crease and i think mike smith knew that yes a lot of luck I, I, and i think um hard work l- led to that and Marner was in front of the net i know like how many years leaves ne- never get those bounces they no. just they just never so i
0: i i don't think it was pure luck i think there was a lot more to it than that in no, fact if right. you're going to the you're net right. I'll, I'll i'll give you that i'll give you that they, they they there were people going to the net when the puck went in i, I yeah. yeah okay i'll 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 agree to a truce on this one <laughs> because you're, you are, you are, you are correcting what you're saying. And, uh, but to me, it was like, I don't know, just the disorganization. Of like, you know it was what I mean? Just bland. It was a bland
1: game. Yeah. Not a lot of excitement. Um, like I, I think again, having Jack back there, he's, the team is just so confident in
0: him. Um, I really want to see more of that Matthews line, man. I mean, I, and again, I'm giving them a waiver for tonight because, uh, you know, uh, 34 was off the ice for a couple of days, just making sure he was good. Uh, you know, they haven't played a ton anyway. It's only their second game since, like, the middle of December. Yeah. So I'm giving them all the leeway in the world. They did generate a couple of nice, like, they had a didn't couple of nice. great A chances, though. Yeah. No, not, not, <laughs> nothing that actually, you know, uh, I would say were what you would expect. Marner, Marner looked like Marner made some slick passes tonight, man. They, didn't, did, they, yeah. they didn't turn into nothing, but. Uh, he, i don't worry about that line like um i'm not worried about him but i just want to see no. more uh, like i'm so addicted to to, to the boys playing i uh and and whenever they and the problem with it is me as a as a as a rational fan and a guy who knows who knows the game reasonably well or at least i think i do um, tells me that everything's gonna be fine which is true the unrational damaged leafs fan inside says oh, mm, they didn't score tonight mm, is michael bunting right for that line like that's stupid stuff right yeah like, Clearly, he yeah, okay, no one's going to argue that Michael Bunting's skill level is probably not in the same category as Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. That's why they got him for less than a million dollars, right? So nice. when he can't handle the hot pass or when he makes uh, a poor decision, we can't exactly throw him under the bus because of it, that's, he's, not, he's, got, yeah. he's not at that pay grade. You know what I mean? He's got so, to do more good things than bad. I'm, exactly. I'm glad you put it that way because that is, that is the ultimate yeah. truth of this is that uh, you've, it's kind of like in the Jake Gardner area. You got to take, you got to take the bad and the good, and then 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 average it out. Uh, it's just you hope that the bad is not going to be in overtime in the playoffs, which is right. unfortunately what sealed Gardner's fate. Right, but so I still think Jake Gardner was a good player, and I still like him. Yeah. What
1: the um, other factor tonight, and the reason why I think you probably didn't get the grade eight chances from Matthews and Murner, I think it's the McDavid factor because they have traditionally played really good when McDavid's in that lineup. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to the point, remember that three game series in Edmonton last year where he sw- swept them, I think, five, one, six, nothing in, in those big games? Um, I don't know who's centering the top line of the night. Maybe it was Yam- Yamamoto or whatever. I think Yam- Yamamoto brought uh, probably more of a defensive aspect of the game, probably was a little bit tighter on those guys. Whereas McDavid is not out there playing. Matthew's man to man by no means. No, so I think I think there's that element. And I, I, Edmonton probably stepped up their game. Geez, I always remember back in I think it was 2002 when Sun was with the Leafs, of course, and they went on that run. I think Ottawa first round, all in their second round, and lost New Jersey probably in the third round. I think, oh no, Carolina, sorry. And Sun goes down in that, uh, in that late Ottawa series, I think. Wasn't available for the Islanders. And they played so well in that playoffs. Alan McCauley, geez, I'm going off on a tangent now, but McCauley stepped up big then. Sunning yeah. comes back against Carolina. Yeah. I, I think they probably depended on him too much.
0: Now, was that the same time that Nathan Dempsey got called up? Or am I thinking probably? Oh, it definitely would be. Yeah. It, it, it they was were missing a bunch of, bunch of players and they brought up, uh, I think Potter Kanowski wasn't with the team at the time. They brought him up from the, from the Leafs. Yeah. And he just stuck. The rest of the boys came up, like and Nate Dempsey came up. and He looked like he looked good on the back end in, in the playoffs. And then and Ty Domi was out too. Like there's a bunch of guys who are regulars who weren't in the lineup, right? Yeah, but yeah. No, but see, I, I, that's,
1: I think I, the second there and the, t- the third there players for Edmonton tonight probably stepped up more, knowing that McDavid wasn't there. He probably got to do a little bit more. I, I think there's a bit of dependence. So I'm, I, I've got no problems with Matthews. Like I just bought his hockey stick,
0: but, so I can't really have too much of an issue with him. Yeah. <laughs> but you will you will agree with me on this, okay? Uh, I'm telling you, you will. So you must. Uh, for a team as depleted and playing as poorly as the Edmonton Oilers, wouldn't you like to have seen more out of the Leafs offensively? I would have, but I they showed
1: that against Ottawa. I I think it was it was just a different game. It was it was very even. Um, what those things happen. Like remember when Vancouver came out of COVID last year and hadn't played, and they were down, and they Geez, they gave it to the Leafs that game. I, I think those things happen. Um, I, I, like, I don't see – I thought Marner played really well tonight.
0: Like, a lot of slick moves. He was all over the ice. Well, he, he looked good. Like it, it, that post was just, I mean, quarter of an inch the other way, and he scores, right? So. Yeah. I
1: can't say there was a player
0: that I was disappointed. It
1: was just a May game. Like, I don't know. i, I It doesn't worry me at all. I'm, I'm
0: glad it I'm came up I'm with not, the point. I'm not worried. But, like I said, when I look at the Oilers, who are struggling – And who are not deep to begin with because of their situation and they're missing their top two centers and we're supposed to be this uh, forward powerhouse team with two of the best top lines that you can put together on a single team that's supposed to be our mo and they're missing their top two centers and their number one and the best player in the world being one of them to me that just screams okay this should have been five to two this should have been I don't know, six to seven to one. I, some kind of a fairly lopsided competition, right? And Should have been. Um I mean, when it goes back to the fact that two of those goals went in the way that they did. I think that just kind of tainted me a bit. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, like I, ideally after the
1: game, Keith says, yep, yeah, great. We got the two points. Probably could have played a whole lot better. Um, and I love having those. I love getting the two points, even though we didn't play great. Like those two points are going to be useful at the end of the season.
0: Boy. Um
1: yeah, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I think even Matthews on the power play. Um, they say double clutch. But that was a bad Murner pass. I think that was on the yeah, power that play. That was a bad pass. He had he had to reach back. Like he never really had a lot of open room tonight. I, I think Evanton played a very good defensive I game. Don't, I don't know
0: if you'll I don't know if I can properly describe the pass too, so that you'll remember it because it was one of the best passes in the game. But it was, i, I it might have been on their first power play, or was it? I can't remember. In any case, Marner broke into the zone and was almost behind the net when he made the pass back up the middle and hit Matthews coming down. Matthews was, was trailing late and, and ripped it, but he ripped it high, high and wide. Yeah. Man, what a, like, I mean, even in slow motion, I was like, how did he have that vision to make that pass? It's just he's so ridiculously skilled. Uh, the way he sees the ice, it's almost like he got a panoramic view. I don't know. Marner is just insane. Insane. Do so. what like to take it on a different tangent for a
1: second. I still think about Evander Kane on this team. Oh, give up on Kane.
0: No, Good Lord, come on. It you take away the extracurricular stuff. All right, stuff Buzz. He's gotten on with. Turn on. Turn off the podcast, Buzz. We're going off on a tangent here now. This just. But he's exactly
1: this, what the, he's. He's a casual off,
0: player. Go go watch Spitting Chicklets, Buzz. Like they'll they'll give you some worthwhile content here. Patty is just killing us with Evander Kane. I know. <laughs> I. I I think you you put him, you can put him anywhere.
1: You put him on the top line. Bunting goes down. Um, I I don't know if it will ever. It, it probably won't happen. There, I think it's it's a complex salary type move. But oh, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. like you'll start seeing something like that happen when you see Richie and these guys put on waivers. And if the, I don't know if that will happen, but um, I like I see that he can do everything. Evander Kane,
0: he can. Uh, again, Kane's mo is, is around the same issues as jo- Ho Sang is, what are you getting in a player? Who? What, what effect is it going to have on your group? And because apparently the Leafs are, are noted for having a really really tight group, right? So I don't know. Uh, I, I'm sure if anybody's cognizant of that, we'll be called dibs. So, uh, well,
1: like you br- you bring Kane into that that dressing room, like you've got there, you've got Tavares, you've got Simmons. Like he's not going to be the tool that he's always been. At least I don't think so. Maybe I, hope, I would hope, not. I hope. I hope. I don't he, know. I don't I, know.
0: I would hope by now he's had a, a swift dose of reality as well, which yeah. is which is a big part of his maturing, undoubtedly. So again, players change, times change. As players get older, they can see the big picture. I e. Jason Spetsa Spetsa is going to play with the Leafs as long as they're going to give him the contract. Well, wow. you know? it's a cool concept—an assistant coach who can still score.
1: I like it. Oh, it's well. What's his name? Uh, Joel Quenville, back to the
0: player coach back for st yeah. john's Leafs. That that's what you got in jason spetz as an assistant coach who can score oh uh, no doubt. so easy where to see yeah i love the guy i love the yeah. guy if I we ask, look back
1: when we win the cup this year yep yeah. we're going to look back at some of the moves that dubis made and that's going to be top three if not the top that you're able to get that type of production that type of leadership out of a guy for making eight eight hundred and fifty thousand or seven fifty with no bonuses, league win, um, league win. But but every team has one. I don't think they all have a, a Jason Spezza, but they have that type of.
0: Have you have noticed that type of player? Have you noticed at the talk since Babcock left? and I'm gonna to get to Babcock now in a second. Then we'll clue up. But have you noticed that since Babcock left, the protecting Jason Spezza's minutes? That's no longer a conversation topic. You don't have to protect him. I don't think so either. They're 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 no. they're 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 like oh well maybe some nights we'll we'll sit him and I mean he's only playing seven minutes a night anyway, ten minutes a night. Like he's not uh, on, on a busy night on a busy night, Spencer's there for twelve minutes. Yeah, and he doesn't look out of place or winded or gas. He looks to be in peak physical as far as I'm concerned. So that 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 whole narrative has just gone away. Um, well, the fact that
1: he's the one that gets the drop pass on the second power play unit mm-hmm. to rush it up the ice like Marner or Matthews does or Neal or whomever. Um, like that says a lot like incredible value for that contract um yeah i i I don't know like i think again i trade deadline time i you probably won't see a a nick Felino come in this year i don't think that type of player i think they would be going a little bit i i can't see him spend i
0: don't know for Evander Kane maybe (laughs) god okay moving on i got one more question for you i'm gonna knock this on the head so I seen a I seen a tweet today, and uh, I'd love to be able to take credit for this because it's so clever and it's right up my kind of twisted humor. But anyway, the tweet read: uh, "So will the Oilers take the full Babcock or just the Tippett?" <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. That so was my, hilarious. My question to you is: uh, based on that tweet, we know what they're getting at. Uh, Tippett is on thin ice. They they panned the Ken Holland a bunch of times there tonight in uh, in in the. Uh, the GM's box. He looks like death warmed over. He looks. Yeah. He looks. He looks. He looks ill. Uh, and that, and I mean, he's he's wearing this uh, clearly. Um, this trouble his team is having, and all the media balls around it because there's nothing else to talk about. So let's talk about how bad the Oilers are. Um. Uh, but yeah, so Babcock's name has been brought up. Uh, we don't want to beat it to death. What do you, what would you think of Bab's making a return to the NHL? What's your take? Ah. Uh, if anyone's
1: gonna do it, it's probably Ken Holland. I, I just I think in the world that we live in now and a little bit more sensitivity and all those things for again for some of the things that he did. Like I don't think too many teams will be going to the higher Babcock. And you know what? The guy didn't really have a ton of success in his career. I know he let's leave team Canada out for now because we could have coached that. I know he was the guy that did it. But um, I don't think just talk about Edmonton. like Tippett's not the problem there. McDavid and Drysaddle or not, like this is on Ken Holland, and the GMs before him, because yep. they've had a glaring issue for at least three years goaltending, mm. and they have done zero about it. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to pay dearly now. Uh, Mark Spector on Sportsnet today had a article uh, where he's six goalie options for uh, Edmonton. Not one of those goalies are going to bring them to the promised land. Not one of them. Like Fury was at the top of it. He may, but you're looking at some of these other guys. They're just not going, just not going to do it. Um, this is on. They've got a depth problem, which wasn't at the beginning of the year. Um, I, in my mind, they have zero chance of winning a cup or coming anywhere close to it in McDavid or Dry this time.
0: Yeah, and and while everyone is squarely focused on the goaltending because that is the obvious problem. Uh, put what goaltender you like there in front of that defense, and they're going to struggle. I don't Barry's, care who it is. If they, if, they traded, if they traded tomorrow for Carey Price, a healthy Carey Price, I mean, Carey Price is unquestionably the best goalie in the world, in my he opinion. should have done that five years ago. Yeah. Well, yes, there's that. But my point is, if he was an Edmonton Oiler tomorrow in, in, in peak Carey, Carey Price form, he'd still be letting in anywhere between two and three goals a night. Yeah. Guaranteed. He's not yeah. going to stand on his head every single night because, I mean, you look at some of what some of what, even the Leafs had in what I like, like, I described as a lackluster game. They lacked a lot of that that drive that I would have that intensity that I would have liked to have seen to to just to just let's just, just stomp these guys out. I I didn't really get that feeling. Uh, but even tonight, there were several times that I don't matter who you had in net there, it, it, there were great a scoring opportunities that just happen to hit a post. I mean, we had four posts, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the pucks are getting by the defensemen first. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a big guy. Yep. So. I, I, I,
1: I think they're in a world of hurt. I said it to a buddy today. How do you even try to make that team better? Because they don't really have tradable contracts. You've got Nugent Hopkins signed to a big deal now. Like, like what are you going to do with a, who are you going to trade Nugent Hopkins for? Like, um, you, you, you're not going to want to trade McDavid or, or Dryas Seidel. Uh, you're not trading Nurse, like so. Who else actually holds value on that team to improve it? They've tried true free agency. They're going to pay dearly again with the with the Hyman contract. Loved guy, but um, at least have been able to get that production out of a million dollar player in Bunting. Hmm. I, I right now, if I was to rank the Canadian teams, not in terms of standings, but where where they are, and where they potentially will be in three years, I rank. Montreal is probably the lowest because they don't have really a really lot of depth coming up or anything. Edmonton mm-hmm. is just above them because even when Vancouver were struggling, Vancouver still had the core players there. Ottawa
0: should have a good team. They've got a goaltending problem yeah. there as well. Both Vancouver and Ottawa are incredibly young. Like they they, yeah. they put me in mind where we were four years ago with the Leafs, right? I mean, you look at that core out in Vancouver, man. Like, how much more talent do you want? They talent is not the problem. Right? They should compete. Yeah. Like it's. But with Edmonton, like
1: you've got you've got upper society, you've got lower society, you've got nothing in between. Yeah, they have nothing there of value that you can trade, like Bouchard. But Evan Bouchard looked like your best defenseman tonight.
0: Hard to argue that because I mean, <laughs> he, he did, and that's a that's a that's a mouthful because I didn't think he had that good of a game, but he was one of their better. So I mean, yeah, I mean, COVID plays a big part in all this too. I mean, you, you were missing Tyson Berry tonight, which which is a which is whatever he is or isn't. He hasn't had a, has a good hole. season. You know, he hasn't had a good season, but it's a big hole. No. It's a guy who eats 20, 24 minutes a night. Yeah. Um, so they, they were missing, you know, that end two or top two center. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. Back to the, the initial question about the Babcock, uh, whether he, I I don't I don't believe the Mike Babcock who left the NHL and the Mike Babcock who's going to come out of Saskatchewan where he's coaching now. I don't believe that there's been a change in that person. No, I, I really don't. And unless, unless the character is, unless he's, he's taken a long time to reevaluate how, how oh, to handle the, this, this current generation of players. They're not, you can't handle these guys the way you handled Chris Chelios. I'm sorry. You can't. Right. So, uh, unless he's had a, a, an awakening by going back to his roots and coaching the young kids, that's what he's doing. He's coaching teenagers, right? The guys in their early 20s. Um, and I'm hoping that was part of his attempt to get back in touch with what he needs to do because as, as, as a coach goes, I'm sure he's an effective guy. He, he's, been, he's been to the show. He's won a cup. He's, won, yeah. he's coached the best players in the world. Um, he's certainly capable of coaching at the NHL level. I'm not disputing that, uh, should he is the question. So.
1: Yeah, you, you know what? Like, I, I think he'll be too arrogant. He, he's an arrogant guy. Yeah. But I, quite frankly, back back to the player issue, like, I don't think they have a skill set on that team that, like, how much more are you going to get out of a Jesse Poole-Yarvey or a um, Warren Fogle or go down the line, all these guys? I don't think it's there. I don't think they have the team on paper to do anything. And any good that they've done, any success that they've had, this has solely been because of McDavid and Drysaddle, two players. Everybody talks about the Leafs being top heavy with four players.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, they're top heavy with two players, and it drops off significantly. Like their second line is
0: not good as is not as good as their third line, in my mind. No, I I, I would I would completely argue with you on that one, one hundred percent. Our yep. third line and, 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 and I mean I mean a healthy second line too. When you got when you got Nugent Hopkins centering the second line, I still would ice our yep. third line and that's a mouthful for me. And I know that's a lot of bias and people are like, Oh yeah, you guys are just homers, but uh, if you look at the stats and you look at you look at the zone time and possession time out of our third line compared to the second line to others, you you might be surprised. So I challenge I, you to go like, have a look at that. It it will never happen
1: because just because of marketing and McDavid and Dreisaitl. And I said the same thing about Montreal when they had Price. The, the only way they're going to win is if they trade their $10 million player. Bring back enough assets, rebuild. Um, it's been a number of years. I don't care about last year, Montreal going to the finals. That was just... That didn't happen in my mind. <laughs> but like They should have traded carry Price. And I know from a, a business perspective, it's not easy to do that. But there was three teams... Three or four years ago, that should have that would have offered up a lot for price, and that was Edmonton, Calgary, and New York New York Islanders. There were three teams that had the cap space to do it, had the players that you could send the other way, like a Monahan Calgary and all this kind of stuff, but just didn't do it. Um Edmonton will never win. There's there's twenty teams better than him right now in
0: my mind. Oh yeah, no doubt. Well, I think. On that note, talking about trades and big trades and everything else, I think we'll finish off by just saluting the fact that we just passed the anniversary of 30, I think it was the 30-year anniversary. 30, yep. biggest, The biggest trade in NHL history. And when I say biggest, I mean most players involved. 10-player trade, which brought Dougie Gilmore, uh, the killer, to uh, to Toronto. My favorite player, Don't forget player, Jamie McCowan. He was Oof. the boy. He was the man. True, true. Mr. McCowan. Yep. No. Uh, again. Uh, big shout out to, uh, to a lease management system that actually went out and did something, uh, which I thought was well outside the box at the time. And, uh, and really, really owned up to the fans who deserved it at the time. So uh, yeah, big shout out to, uh, to Dougie. Oh, oh God, I'd love to get Doug on the podcast. I got a
1: true story. You know what? You, you want to hear a true story? Most of your David stories Cameron? I assume are, are not true. So go ahead. <laughs> I was 16 in Toronto. On on vacation and my my uncle actually knew where Jamie McCowan lived. And he said, Do you want to go see him? I said, Oh my God, Jamie McCowan. Loved the guy, like so underappreciated on that yeah, 92, awesome. 93, 93, 94 team. Like Gilmore was huge in that trade, but McCowan was number two in my mind. Rick natras those guys, Kent Manderville, um, Michelle Petit. I know, I know all 10 players in that trade. Anyway, so I said, yeah. So we go knock on his door, and he's over. His wife answers. And uh, apparently McCown is over in England. I think that following year, or I think that year, they were getting ready for training camp, and he started in uh, England. So he wasn't home. But anyway, she went and got his jersey. I put it on, got a picture with her and all that good stuff. But that's my liking for Jamie McCown, because his his wife was awesome. <laughs>
0: that is you can't make that stuff up buddy that no that's true like you it, cannot make it up if i was gonna make up a story i would have made up one far better than that too yeah i know <laughs> no that's like good it. that's good actually i like that because that's the most patty thing that i would expect is for you to get tangled up with one of the players wives so yeah, yeah fair enough shout out to McCowan's missus hopefully she's right. listening <laughs> hopefully she's listening yeah <laughs> No, nope. well guys, uh, that'll, that'll put a wrap on this one. I, that was a great way to finish, actually, I enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, if you've liked our content, like I said at the very beginning of the show, uh, like and subscribe, uh, give it a share, all that good stuff. It takes you two seconds, shows a little bit of support for some guys who are trying to do something. Um, so yeah, uh, we've got some good stuff in the, uh, we've got some buns in the oven per se, uh, things that are some, some coffee percolating uh, some neat stuff coming up that I think you guys will enjoy. So we'll be announcing some of that now soon too. Um, our uh, our new writer Tim, his uh, his second article is coming out really soon. It's uh, got a little bit of Newfoundland flavor to it, which for any of you guys who are away, who enjoy our podcast. I know there's a few newfies up along who watch our podcast. Uh, you'll enjoy that one. And for any you referee types out there who uh, who enjoy that side of the game and digging into the the mindset uh, tim has did an interview with uh, the local ref and uh, i won't say too much more it's a fantastic article and i want to be coming your way too now very shortly as well big shout out to paul loader our graphics uh, graphics coordinator design guy paul's killing it as per usual with his design work so a big shout out to paul and, uh, and everybody else at dsc of course kylie Chad, and of course patty and myself so yeah um if you're looking for more content facebook.com deke snipe on twitter at SellyDeek. deke and of course on uh on www.deeksnipecelly.ca we try to i try to funnel everything through our web page as well so uh, anything you miss on facebook you can always scroll back through uh deeksnipecelly.ca uh patty how did you have the the, the wherewithal to look to we'll see where our sponsor is i did i did all right
1: phg sports for, from January 4th to the 16th will be at the Northwest Costco Downsview in Yorkdale, Ontario, of course. You know what? No idea where that's at, but- You know,
0: normally, oh, normally when I when I get the the, 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 uh, the update for PhDs, I know where they are. Like, oh, they're in Peterborough or they're, you know, Hamilton. or they're in- That one I've seen today. i seen the update as well. And I was like, yeah. I guess like, it's like if you told somebody in, in Ontario that next week DSC podcast is going to be broadcasting from Nanny's Hole, they'd be like, what? <laughs> Where yeah. is that? It's a place, folks. It's a place. All right, guys. Yep, so PhD Sports is our, our sponsor. Um, they're the number one uh, supplier for uh, hand-signed memorabilia to Costco Canada. Uh, they've been doing so for over 10 years. Um, quality guys working there. Even if you're not interested in purchasing, swing by for a chat. Some of the, some of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, they've been great to us over the years, and, uh, and we try to repay the favor whenever we can afford to. So, uh, again, visit PHG Sports uh, for all your needs. As well, if you can't make it out to their uh, Costco Roadshow, make sure to check them out online, www.phgsports.com. PHG Sports, that's where the pros sign. All right, I'm good, Patty. Uh, like I said, to anyone out there listening, make sure you do the same thing. Subscribe to the DSC Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. The list is infinite. And our, uh, our listening audience, of course, is always on the climb. So thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, but we can't we can't drag this out any longer, I don't think. So unless you've got anything else, man, I'm ready to shut her nope. down.
1: Nope. Jamie McCown is the second best 34 in Leafs history. That's all I'm out. <laughs> Patty out. Peace out, guys.